Welcome to Full Cow, a podcast about leather kink and BDSM. My name is Edge, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm your host. And this is another interlude, the episode between episodes offered raw and unedited, but with leather creaking. And you know, the interludes are always a little bit of a balancing act for me. On the one hand, they're so easy to do because I put on some gear and I sit down and I start recording and I talk about what's going on in my life. On the other hand, I sit down and start recording and talk about what's going on in my life. So there's always this balancing act between wanting to be open and honest and sharing my experience in the belief that others can benefit from that, but at the same time wondering when I'm oversharing and how much of my life I should be keeping private. This interlude in particular, I am struggling with that, but I am taking a leap of faith in the belief that I'm about to talk about something that maybe some people need to learn about. I believe I might be gray sexual. Now, I need to start by defining that term because what I have discovered as I've done this inner exploration is that no one's heard of it, including my therapist, who's very hip and sex aware. So in the spectrum of sexuality, on the one hand, on one end, you've got allosexuality, which are just, you know, regular people, they get horny, they have sex, they enjoy sex. Way at the other end, you have people who consider themselves asexual, who uh, may have an aversion to sex or just may not have any interest. And all the stuff in between is the gray sexual area. And these are people who might experience some sexual attraction. Sex isn't very important. Maybe they're sexually attracted, but not strong enough to want to act on it. And it's a large umbrella term under the larger umbrella of asexuality. And lately I've been wondering whether or not this is a term, an identity I need to move into. All of that is complicated by the fact that I mean, lately I've had very low libido. Just figured out with my doctor that it was low testosterone. My testosterone was in the double digits to give you a sense of how low. So I was prescribed testosterone replacement therapy, and I'm hoping that my libido issues, as well as I've just been down a little lately, I'm hoping all of that is about to get corrected. In fact, I'm recording this on Saturday, April 8th, and probably I am hoping by the time you are hearing this that the testosterone issue will be resolved. That doesn't resolve the larger issue because the truth is that even before I was feeling down and had zero sex drive and thought something was wrong and should I increase my antidepressants, even before then, historically I've had a pretty meh relationship with sex. And when I'm using sex in this episode, because I've discovered through multiple partners that sex is defined differently by different people. Sex for me is genital sex. So sucking, fucking, anything that centers upon a genital orgasm for one or both partners. And the truth is, if I look back at my history, sex has never been that important to me at all. I've never been anally wired in any way. Like my butt is a fortress. Many people have tried to get in. Some have succeeded sort of. I've never found it pleasurable, nor am I driven to fuck people. I've done it for people I care about or I'm really interested in, or if there's a boy who really wants it. And if you can get me hard, I will, 
I will drive it in there as best I can. But I've never like looked at a man and thought, oh, wow, yeah, I really want to fuck him. I'm just not wired, anally speaking. I'm not even super wired, orally speaking. Yeah, it feels great to have my cock sucked, but it's not something I need. It's not something I fantasize about. I don't look at a guy and imagine shoving my cock down his throat. That's not how I operate. And um, occasionally I might want to suck a cock, but, you know, in the way that I might want to have like a banana, just like a craving, like, oh, I want to have a little banana. Um, (laughs) It is a little bit like having a banana, isn't it? Sorry, that just struck me. So even before these issues of low libido, I have had a tenuous relationship to sex as I am defining it. And that's never been something I've brought into focus. It's never something I've centered for consideration. And that's something I'm starting to do now. You know, historically, I would just, in my different relationships, they've not had a lot of sex in them. And I've often felt broken. I felt like I'm very different from many others because of my relationship with sex. And that's been a struggle. And it's made relationships hard. It's made playing hard. It's made a lot of my life hard because I always felt like I was just different than others. And I didn't understand entirely why, but I could understand that People wanted sex in a way that I just didn't want sex. I just didn't care about it that much. In the past few months, well, I would say in the past year, as um, I've been exploring new relationships, I've been describing it as, you know, sex isn't important to me. I get, I'm really interested in using kink as a pathway to pleasure and intimacy. And that remains very true. So I had certainly an awareness of this, but I wasn't calling it gray sexuality. And that's what's shifting is that I'm really starting to think about whether or not I should be terming this gray sexuality. Why does it matter? Well, you know, all the roles we have, top, bottom, dominant, submissive, puppy, slave, mistress, pony, whatever your role is, ideally it's enabling that when you connect and step into that role and when you build it into your identity, it allows you to express yourself more authentically and in ways that are understood by others. So part of me is desiring to connect to this self so I can kind of rid myself of this feeling that I'm broken and that I can find a community of others like me. And then I won't feel so weird if I'm in some sort of online discussion forum filled with gray sexuals. They'll get me in a way that I'm not sure a lot of the people around me get me, and that's really appealing. Now, the downside of labels and identities is that as much as they enable, they can also constrict. And I want to be cautious about stepping into something that might place limitations about how I think about myself and how I think about relations. Because it's all very complicated. First of all, it's complicated because we move in and out of various aspects of sexuality as we age and through our lives. So some people come to leather late in life. I've met guys who discovered their butthole in their mid-50s, and now it's just the the source of pleasure. I've met people who um, had high sex drives, and now they have low sex drives, and all these things. So so I'm not sure that I've always been gray sexual, nor do I want to assume that I will always be gray sexual, if I even am. That's a question still to be answered for me. But I do want to find a way of talking about myself 
to make sense to myself and to connect with others. I'm cautious, you know, I'm cautious for a number of reasons. First of all, I'm tired of coming out. I've come out as all sorts of things throughout my life. The last thing I need to do is be coming out as a gray sexual, telling my friends I'm gray sexual, describing myself as gray sexual online, explaining what that is again and again and again. Coming out is an energetically exhaustive process because it requires you to say who you are and explain who you are in the hope that it's accepted and that you don't have to justify who you are. And I'm done. I'm so done of coming out in my life. So I'm resistant to this notion of using this term because it just means a whole nother process that I don't know that I want to engage in. So while I find it very appealing in that I can find community, I can eventually get people to understand how I am wired as I encounter them in the world, that's all appealing. But it's also, it's exhausting to think about, just exhausting to think about. So I may just go keep saying, yeah, I'm not that much into sex, which is so very true. Like, um, I'm just not into sex, period. This is complicated by the libido issues going on. Certainly, I've not always had what I would call a variable libido, but I would say for the last 10, 15, eh, maybe 20 years even, I've had a sex drive, a libido, that runs either very high or very low. And that is independent of my testosterone levels, I happen to know for a fact. So I could have relatively normal or slightly low testosterone and suddenly have a period where I'm really horny and vice versa. And in my 20s, I was so horny all the time. Right, I was in my 20s. Horny all the time. But even if I go back to that period in my life, it's not like I ever really wanted sex because of that horniness. I love to make out. I love leather. I love kink. I love to play. My tits are exceptionally wired. And I like usually jacking off in a scene. And I like the other guy to jack off. And for me, it's easy peasy. We're all done. No muss, no fuss, no lube everywhere. That's always been. So even when my libido is historically very high, it's been... um, a different relationship with sex. And it's even more complicated now with my variable libido. And and then there's like physical libido, libido like I want to have sex. And then I think there's a kind of cuddle libido, like I want to be cuddled. And then there's a kink libido. I discussed in a recent interlude about how I'm feeling disconnected to my leather. First of all, obviously that's related to my low testosterone, so fingers crossed on that. But it's also that there's a different kind of horniness related to leather that has its own variable cycles. And in fact, what I will tell many boys is that the satisfaction you will come, you will receive from being in submission or being tied up or being beaten, you, you would not get that if you orgasmed a thousand times. So if you're horny to get tied up, You can jack off all you want until your dick is raw or your vagina is raw or whatever genitals you have are raw. You can jack off all you want and yet still have that horniness for bondage. So all of my libidos are fairly variable. My cuddle libido, my sex libido, and my leather libido. But uh, I think my cuddle libido is coming back. I'm hopeful that my leather libido is coming uh, coming back. And then... This just leaves this sort of sex libido. You know, so here's a little bit of what it's like for me 
and why I'm working through these issues around gray sexuality. So I'm at the gym. I see a hot guy. So I do feel some sexual attraction, but it's just sort of like, oh, that's a hot guy. And because I have such a fraught history with sex, I think, well, that's a hot guy, but he's going to want me to have sex with him. And I don't really like to have sex. So I'm not even going to move into the arousal that I'm feeling. Or um, that's a hot guy, but he's going to want me to fuck him. And that's not really something I'm into. So why should I even open up that door towards that arousal? That's what it's like for me in my gray sexuality. It's not that I don't feel any sexual attraction. It's that I don't feel the impulse to act on it. It doesn't feel important enough to act on. Now, I will say that there are things about my leather libido I've learned, which may really unlock things in my sexual libido. What I've learned in my leather libido is that a lot of times it's the right man and I'm suddenly horny to use him. There's a certain look in a boy's eyes that makes me want to hurt him. There's a certain way of uh, relating to me and calling They call forth my dominance and I have to use them. So, so it's not just like I'm not leather horny. It's the person who will make me leather horny is not around. It, it is conceivably true the same with sex. It's not that I don't want to have sex. It's that the person I want to have sex with isn't around. And who that person is, I do not know. All of this is, you know, it's not weighing on me. It's not like I stay up at night wondering whether or not I'm gray sexual or teasing these things through. But it, I, it's definitely more centered in my analytical overthinking monkey mind, in part because ideally I would like to have another relationship. And I'm super aware. I am acutely, painfully aware of the fact that people who fall in love with you kind of expect to have sex with you. And that's a completely reasonable expectation. But it's I'm not sure it's an expectation I can meet well. I'm not sure it's an expectation I can meet in a way that would make most allosexual, normally sexual people. I'm not sure it's an expectation I can meet in a way that would make them happy. So part of why I'm teasing through all this, besides the low libido, besides the really sharpening my idea of kink versus sex and all that, is that if I'm going to look for a partner, I really have to lay some things bare at the beginning and say, this, this is who I am. This is how I'm wired. I show love through cuddling. I'm more than happy to take you on many kink journeys if we connect in that way. And, um, and I don't, I'm, I'm fine if you go out and have tons of sex. I'm not a super sexual person. I'm not going to be able to offer you a lot of sex. And that's scary. You know, it's scary because it's hard enough trying to find someone. It's really hard trying to find someone. And to add yet another tick box, another hurdle, another thing about me that I'm afraid will be rejected, it's just like, ugh, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? So <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. That's where I'm at. I, I'm not in a hurry to reach a decision around my gray sexuality. My general plan is, first of all, to just pay attention to my body, to my desires, and, and to my thoughts around this. But beyond that, you know, I still need another week or two before I know my testosterone levels have returned. And then I'll see what happens with my libido then. And then I just need that time for quiet reflection. I have blocked off the next two weekends 
with zero social plans. It'll be my first time without social plans of any sort in months. And as an introvert, it's something I desperately need. And that's also time for me to be reflective and to sit with myself and to think about what I think and to think about what I believe and to think about what I feel so that I can really reach something true and authentic for me at this point in my life journey. Because that's what I need to bring to the table whenever I meet someone or if there's a romantic interest. I have to bring all the authenticity I have available. And that's what I'm working at. And hey, oh, a couple takeaways. First of all, now you know what gray sexual is. Second, I really want to underlie this notion that there are many different libidos that interact in complicated ways. So, you know, if you're horny, but you're not feeling into leather, that's great. If you're into leather, but not feeling horny, that's all great. And this notion that that our, our entry points and exit points through various modes of sexuality can change across time in our life's journey. So whether you're hypersexual right now or asexual or gray sexual or demisexual or allosexual, um, and all the same things I might go and, and throw out a bunch of terms about kink. Maybe you're a bottom, maybe you're a sub, maybe you're a dominant, whatever, whatever, whatever. These things can shift over time. And that's a little disorienting and a little annoying, but it's also beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful that we can grow and change. And I don't want to say evolve because that suggests a linear progression, but that we can continue to grow as human beings. And I'm really all for that. I'm so grateful for your attention too. So I thank you all for listening and I hope wherever you are in your life journey related to leather or sex or anything else, I hope there are blessings that you can see. And if not, I really invite you to sit in gratitude and find them because I'm pretty sure they're there. Thank you.